God dropped on my heart last week, and I titled this, Hold the Charge. Hold the Charge. Now, you're probably wondering, what in the world have I got with my drill in here? And this actually is not a drill. This is an impact drive, all right? And I live with this thing in my job. Anybody that does any kind of construction, any kind of maintenance, any dad that is a do-it-yourself person has one of these. And if he doesn't, Father's Day is coming up. These are on sale. They are great. He will love you very, very much if you buy him one of these, all right? But these things are great. And and, and matter of fact... uh, you know, I buy all the Makita brand, and you can get every, any saw you need, and they'll all operate on this same battery. Matter of fact, on the job sites today, we very seldom even pull out an extension cord because of, because of the technology that is coming with these batteries and, and the capabilities that we have right here. And it's, it's a great thing. I mean, these things in, in, a, in a homeowner's hand will probably last a lifetime, and I'll go through one of these a year. And I have many of these because they're very, very valuable. And, and, but, and they're very great. But there's, there's one downside to all of these, and that's the battery, right? In other words, the tool is only as good as the charge in the battery, all right? And I was using this the other day. I think I was using one of my other ones. Uh, this is one of my prettier ones. Most of them have got love scars from where they've been dropped off roofs and everything. So, But... Uh, I was using it last week, and I, and I was, you know, I have these charging stations where you charge. You can charge like eight batteries, and, and my battery went dead. And, and as I was walking back to get another battery, God dropped something in my heart. And, and I love it when he does that, you know. And I want to encourage you something. When, when God drops something in your heart, take the time to just stop for a minute because you want to really hear what he's telling you. Just, all right? You really do. And so I, he, I'm walking back to get my battery, and he said, that's what's wrong with most Christians today. And I was like, wait a minute, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, they're losing their charge. And, and I stopped for a minute, and I sat down, and, you know, I started, I wanted to, you know, you, you want to be, make sure you're hearing. And so I'm listening, and we were just having a conversation, and I'm like, wow, you're right. And he said, people come to, to, come to church, and they accept Christ, and they have that excitement. They have that energy. And, 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 but yet that energy is short-lived. They lose that charge. They, 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 don't, they lose sight of, uh, of that excitement and, and, and that, that, that comes in. And, and I can relate to this. I remember exactly when I went through this because when I first got saved, man, I was a sponge. I was soaking everything in, reading anything that I could read. Man, I was, I was charged up. I mean, I was just excited about the things of God. But I can remember as, as I went on, life came on me, and it happens to everybody, and I slowly lost that excitement, and I lost that energy. I lost my charge, right? And, and, and the problem was, was I didn't know how to stay charged because that's the big thing. That's the big element, the big missing, missing in, in ingredient right there, right? And, you know, when you think about it, people get charged up about a lot of things. I mean, one of the biggest things is when people are going to lose weight, what happens? They, get, they, they, they research their program. They get excited. I went through this. I'm trying to lose weight for Anna's wedding. And, and bless God, somebody gave me another, what is it? I mean, somebody gave me another Krispy Kreme coupon packet. And then they went and got, you get two dozen this week for 13 bucks this weekend. I was like, are you kidding me? You know? 
But when I, when I got excited about this, I was charged up. I was excited. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to only drink that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to do that. And that lasted about a week, right? I, I lost my charge on that. And I, I remember I was talking with a guy, a young guy, and he was asking some questions uh, about his finances, you know, some advice on his finances. And I was explaining to him and he was, he was, he was 18 and never been taught about a budget and he had no ideas. And I was explaining all of that, how it works. And I was showing him with his income, if you do this and follow this budget in 10 years, you can pay cash for that vehicle. You don't have to finance it, blah, 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 blah. All of this, man, I could see the excitement lighting up in his eyes and he was getting excited. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He was charged up. He was ready. I'm going to do it. Yes, I'm going to do that. And, uh, of course, that lasted about six months. And, uh, but that's okay. At least he made an effort, right? And most of you can relate to that in some capacity. And you see this a lot in business. In business, people will take a job. They get excited about their new job, right? And they work that job. And then when they first get there, they come in. They give the best resume they can give. They give the best feel in the interview. And I'm going to save this company. I'm going to take you to the next level. And all of these great and mighty things. But then they get in there and they work six months drawing that check. And they're getting that regular check. And there's no bonuses or nothing happening. And everything's just kind of plateauing. And that excitement begins to die out. Before long, they're not happy about that job anymore. Right? And the sad thing is, is you're seeing, you, we see this, and this is what, the, what I, when I was talking with God, I was like, you're right, you know, I see this so much in the church. People come to the church, and what it is, is they're, they're looking to get their life back in line. And we should come, that's what the church is for, we're a hospital for people. And, 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 but, and they come to church, and, and they, they, they want to get their life straight, so they either rededicate their life to Christ, or they accept Christ, and then... And then they, they, they're excited again, right? They've got that excitement, but yet it's, it doesn't last. And, then you, and we see this all the time. People will come in. It doesn't happen here, but in, when we were in bigger churches because there was more people, but people would come in, they're excited. I want to serve. I want to lead this team. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they do great. Five weeks, you're not seeing them but once a month. And then the, the, that, that charge, they've lost their energy. They're losing their excitement, right? Because they, they don't understand completely how to stay charged up, right? That's very important. It made me think about when I was putting this together about the, the, the children of Israel back in the Old Testament. I mean, they, they, had a, they had a great covenant. They were seeing miracles. They were living a blessed life. As a matter of fact, they, if, you, if you follow the story, they, they should have been charged up. They should have been excited. But when you read, the, when you understand the story, come on. They didn't keep that charge, did they? They went on and they pursued false gods and, they, and then they went on pursuing things of the world, which is what most of us, most people, that's their biggest hiccup is they're pursuing the things of this world, right? And we need to just make sure, the body of Christ today needs to make sure that we're not making the same mistakes that they are making. Make sure that we're holding on to that charge. Now, let me ask you a question. When this battery goes dead, how do I recharge it? Come on, somebody can answer that. What would you do with it? Right, you plug it to the charger. I mean, I can take that battery 
And I can sit there, I can stare at it, I can pray over it, I can lay hands on it, I can anoint it with oil, I can throw it on the roof, I can wait two weeks, I can do anything that I want, I can just pray over it, I can do chant over it, I can do anything I want, but it's not going to charge up until it's connected to its power source. Right now, this is very important because, and it sounds so simple, but the things of this world are intended to distract you from Christ in every avenue. Come on, and it will distract you when your energy's excitement, it, it, when your energy's high and your excitement's high. The enemy comes in to steal that energy and distract you from your source. You know, we've talked about that many times, knowing your source. And that's exactly how we should be living. When the, when the battery starts getting low, you need to plug back into your source. Amen? That's very important. But see, so many people don't. So many people, people think that when you come to Christ and you accept Jesus, that God's just going to magically keep you excited. God's just going to magically keep that, mo- that motivation in you, right? But let me tell you something. You've got to make things happen for yourself, right? And, and let me just give you a business nugget, just a side nugget. Any of you entrepreneurs out there or anybody that wants to operate their business or actually if anybody wants to be successful in anything in their life, the key to all of that is you got to create momentum in anything that you're trying to do. If you're trying to, if God's given you an idea, then you need to make that idea come to pass. Don't just sit there on your laws and expect God to make it all happen. And you get off your behind and you work and you pound the street and you make it happen. You create momentum in the idea that God has given you. And once that momentum is created, you capitalize on it. And guys, if you'll learn to do that, that will make you successful in any business that you ever operate. You create... See, a lot of people are sitting and they're waiting on just something that when it happens, I'll do something. No, do something, make something happen, come on, and then capitalize on that momentum. And while the energy's high, you capitalize again, you consistently create momentum. Guys, and this is a model that's been around forever, but this is what, what... what makes a small business small and a big business big is because the leader makes something happen. Amen. I, we were watching the Shark Tank the other night. Some of you guys have seen that show, and it's where people pitch ideas and try to get investors to invest. And this lady had an idea, and it was so funny. She had an idea. It was just a concept. And, and she, didn't have, she didn't know how to make it. She didn't know how to create it. But she tried, and she did the best that she can. She actually put it together with Play-Doh. And she went into, this, into the shark tank. Now, they laughed at her at first because when she held it up, it looked ridiculous. But when they saw the concept, when they saw what her, her idea was, and, and they saw the value in that, glory to God. Of course, they bought into her really quick, and within six months, it had been in mass production, and they were selling millions of them. But see, she created that momentum. She got off her behind, and she, she didn't understand everything. She didn't know how to do it, but she did the best that she could. And when she created that momentum, she capitalized on it. Amen. That's what you got to do in, the, in life. And I, I, I don't know, that's just a little side nugget, because that's my passion right there, guys. Man, creating that momentum and capitalizing on it, man, it'll change, it'll change your career. It'll change your, your business, any of you small business owners out there, right? All right, so we're, we're talking about you, gotta, you need to stay connected to your source. 
Now, there's a lot of people that don't understand who their source is, even Christians that don't understand that God is actually your source. He's your creator. He's your your provider. He's your healer. He's everything to you. And He is your power source, right? And and, and so you've got to make sure that that, that you're you're, you're staying charged up by staying connected. Now, the number one way that you do that, of course, is through, through renewing your mind with the Word of God, which means reading your Bible daily. Right? It's one way we talk about that all the time, right? And another way that you do that is you come to church, right? You come here and you hear an encouraging word about, about the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit moves on your heart and it builds that excitement, it builds that energy. It's why, you, why, why, why you, we encourage you to be here as much as you possibly can, right? It's not to, well, it is in a way I like to see everybody because I love nothing more than fellowshipping with you guys. I love you guys. But it's, it's so that you can come here and keep your charge up, keep your excitement level up. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you don't keep your charge up for God and for Jesus, the things of this world, it doesn't take much of that to distract you. Come on now. Most all of us know what I'm talking about. You get pulled in this direction just because of temptations, because of imaginations. Amen? Very important. But you've got to understand that it's up to you to hold the charge. It's up to you to be intentional about staying connected. God's not going to just stay connected with you. You've got to stay connected with Him. He created us with a, for a relationship, right? He's not praying to us. We're praying to Him. So you have to push yourself and be intentional. And if you're going to be successful in life, in anything that you do, you're going to have to be intentional and push yourself to do some things. That's why, you know, that's why I talk about you, you, sometimes you've got to push yourself to create momentum, all right, if you're starting a business or something. Because, I mean, how many small business owners know that when you, when you start a small business, you are working your tail off 60, 70, 80 hours a week, right, to make that happen. All right, now... So we, we understand that we've got to hold that charge, and we, in order to hold that charge, we're going to stay connected. We've got to stay connected to our source, and our source is God himself, right? And, and, and so simply put, and this is something that's very hard for people to wrap their mind around, is that just keeping charged up, staying on fire with, with, with God is just simply staying full of God, all right? Staying full of God. And there, there are people that will argue that you can't stay full of God. Living in this broken world with, with, the, with the struggles and the, and, the, and the problems of this earth, there's people that say you can't do that. And as a matter of fact, I've heard a lot of people say that, that, that I just feel like, you know, when I first came to Christ, I was excited, and my, my relationship with God was tight. I mean, we were connected. We were, you know, I was close. I was pursuing Him, and I was learning. And I just feel like over time that my relationship with God has slowly diminished. Right? And this is something that a lot of people have dealt with. I've actually dealt with that years ago. Before, before I realized, I got an, before God showed me this, right? In, in other words, they feel like that, that their relationship with God is just slow, slowly dwindling away. And, so, and some of you can understand what I'm talking about. You know, you, you feel like you, you're just not seeing God move in your life. You're not seeing, you're just not, that energy to be there is just not as much as it was, you know, six months ago and all of that. But what I want to ask you this is, 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 that's not what the Bible teaches us, right? And, and, and because Hebrews 13.5 tells us that God will never leave us nor forsake us, right? I mean, and, and that's true. And it is true, right? 
And, and if you feel like that, if you feel like your relationship with God is slowly dwindling away, I want you to ask yourself, who moved? Who moved? Because God's Word says He's never going to leave you or forsake you. See, so we've got to always open our eyes to what's happening in our life because, and, and, and actually where we are and see what's happening because God's not moving. If you feel like your relationship's slipping away or dwindling away, come on, who moved? See, that's why you've got to get back and stay plugged in. Get back to your source. Stay full of God. Because you've got to remember something. God is always... He's always giving his love, his joy, his peace, all of these. He's always giving all of this out. But see, receiving all of that is a matter of our faith. In other words, believing God is big enough to do what he said he's going to do in his word. Right? And, and see, in other words, it's, it's based on your perception of God in your life. And this is a big one that, hang, that people get hung up on. In other words, how do you perceive God in your life? Or how big is God in your life? Right? Because, because, you know, you have the power to create God as big as you want in your life. You can have a big God in your life or you can have a little God in your life. Right? And, and I was reminded of this when, when Stephen and Mindy and Christian were at the hospital in Birmingham. When Christian went through his burn and that was so hard. And, and, you know, we, he's in the ICU at Birmingham, and, 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 um, and, and you know, there were times where the doctor wasn't sure he's going to make it all night. You know, let's just be real. And, you know, of course, we were back and forth up there, and they were there for I forget how many days, nearly a month. And, but when I would go up, they encouraged me. And now they're the one going through the trauma and the tragedy. But they encouraged me because when I'd come up to meet with them and sit with them, it clearly oozed out of them how big their God was. See, they never had any doubt. Now, the doctors were telling them he may not make it till in the morning, but in their eyes and in their mind, they weren't giving up. Their God is a big God. And I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing I love about them is their family oozes out how big their God is. I mean, it, you, can, you cannot hang around them. and not, It doesn't take long to realize how big God is in the Decker family. There is no question about it. And it encourages me. And, 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 and it's because they made God bigger than the problem and the truth of His Word, right? But the sad thing is, is most Christians have mastered the art of making the problem, come on, bigger than God and bigger than His Word, right? And that's, guys, don't minimize God, and because God is a big God, and I'm going to tell you something, it doesn't, the, 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 the lights in heaven don't flicker when he heals a cold or when he heals cancer. It's the, it, it takes the same amount of faith, no matter what. It, it, a healing is a healing, and a sickness is a sickness, right? Right? Don't, he's a big God, and it's all based on how do you perceive him in your life? Do you, if you, do you see him as a big God? Do you see him as your source? As your provider, your healer, your protector, your prov- all of these great things. Amen. It's very, and, and see, that's when you learn to see God as a big God. 
Right? That's when you can, when you, when you draw in close to him because of his goodness and he's a big God in your life and you know that he's got your back and he's going to see you through to victory no matter what you face. When you see all of that, you, you're drawn to stay full of him and stay close to him. And when you do, things in your life begin to reverse and things in your life start to change. Right? Things start to change. And things start to work out for your good. Amen? And all of it starts by keeping your charge. Keeping your charge. Renewing your mind every day on the Word of God. And let me just say this, guys. Don't ever forget the power of your imagination. See, see too often we overlook our imagination. And, and we, we, we forget how important it is. Because, you know, your imagination, that's where new ideas are formed. That's where, where they come from, in your imagination. Now, we know that your imagination can take you down some dark paths, right? Because it, it, or it can take you on some good paths, right? So you've got you to keep it in check, right? But that's where all your God-given ideas, they come in your imagination, right? And so you've got you to gotta think about your imagination. And I was thinking about this when I told you guys last week how I read my Word. And when I read my word, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share this again, is is that when I'm reading it, I'm imagining I'm walking the dirty, dusty roads with Jesus. I'm wearing the sandals and I'm listening and I, I'm smelling the smells and, and I'm and I'm I'm breathing the air and, and, and all of this let me say it may sound ridiculous, but I'm what am I doing is is I'm putting myself there, right? I'm putting myself there so that that God's Word can come alive to me. And let me tell you something. When you can put yourself there, and when that Word comes alive to you, come on, then you can picture what it's talking about. Oh, it's, it'll be, I'm telling you, it sounds crazy, but I'm, it, will, it, will, it will make, it'll make a big difference in how you read your Bible. Just take your time and just take that little nugget, that little chapter, those the few scriptures, read it in context, put yourself, close your eyes, and just use your imagination. Because let me tell you something, if you learn to let the Word of God control your imagination, guys, those scriptures, it'll come alive. You will see things there that you'll never see with your natural eyes. By using that imagination, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. And, and, and this is why when the Bible says you're healed, man, you grab hold of that scripture. When you're dealing with a sickness, you meditate on that scripture. You meditate on that scripture. You study it in context. You put yourself there. You meditate on that, Christ, that scripture. You're the one touching his robe. You, you're on your hands and your knees. You're crying out. Well, you imagine yourself there until you meditate on that truth, until you see yourself healed in your mind. Guys, that's when, that's when change happens. It's when change happens. That's why whenever I have a healing service or, or, let, or pray for someone for healing, that's one of the first questions I ask. Can you see yourself healed? Because see, faith is based on you believing. Right? You can say you believe, but if you can't see yourself healed, or if you can't see yourself overcoming whatever the situation is, you don't truly believe it. Right? So that's why you've got to use your imagination, and you, you put yourself there, and then you let, let this word come alive to you, where it's, you can see it. You can see it. Amen? 
And see, the sad thing is, is most people allow their imaginations to become vain. That means that, that, that their, 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 their eyes and their imagination go straight to the doctor's report. Now look, we don't throw the doctor's report out. Don't misunderstand me. But you balance it out. You, you see the doctor's report and you go from there. But when you see that doctor's report, when people allow their imaginations to go vain, they see it and then they see it as truth. And now they forget the Word of God. And, all right? and see, see well, that's not what you do because faith is believing in the Word of God, believing in the, the truth of His Word, right? And that's, and see, that's why you can't, you can't become so focused on just that because you have something greater than the doctor's report. Amen? You get, glory to God. Learn to use your imagination and allow your imagination to agree with God's Word and then learn to see yourself how God sees you. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you four little tidbits here. And I'm going to close this out because we're going to do communion. And that will help you keep your charge. Now, we know that you keep your charge by, by staying in the Word, by staying in your relationship with God. And listen, you've got to remember, you've got, the, you got the, 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 the main helper power source on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit that has come on you. And if you've been infilled, then you've been empowered. So you've got that power source on you, right? And you, you learn to tap into that so that you can stay connected to God Himself, right? And we know you do that by, by, by praying and by feeding on His Word, all right? But I'm going to give you four quick things. And these are self-explanatory, but if you will learn to do these. And this is like a formula. I've had this, I don't know how long, I don't know how long ago I got this or even where I got it. Uh, but it was in my notebook. And when I saw this, I was like, wow, you know, it just brings things back. But I'm going to give you this formula. And the first thing that you need to do is learn to glorify God. Right now, glorify and magnify—they're both translated in the, from the same word, right? Now, and, and of course, so you're going to magnify God, right? What do I mean by that? That means that you're going to make God bigger than your problem, right? Make God stop making the problem bigger than God. People limit God moving in their life so many times by the words that they speak and their small thinking. Right? God's a big God. Right? I mean, He can bless you in ways that you cannot imagine. See, too often we're trying to figure out how God's going to do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let God show you how He's going to do it. Because you'll never... It, it, in our experience, in the many times that we've, we've had to raise funding and we've had to do different things for God, never has it come the way that we thought that it would come. Amen? And I think God does that so that we'll learn our dependence on Him and not our own thoughts, our own thinking, our own mental capacity. Right? So the first thing you need to do is you need to learn and make sure that you're magnifying God. Now the second thing you need to do is you've got to learn to be thankful. Alright? And this is one that a lot of people struggle with. And I grew up not having a lot, so yeah, I struggled with this at a young age, but I quickly got over it. And as a matter of fact, Paul actually lists, in 2 Timothy 3, he lists unthankfulness as one of the signs of the end times. So it's pretty significant. You need to be thankful. And that's where your praise comes in. That's why we do our praise and worship. That's your time to just get here, forget everything around you, put your hands up, and just thank God for His goodness. Amen? And, and stop griping and complaining. And this is one that, uh, that, 
that I had to really work hard with, right? Because I saw a lot of bad in the world and grew up in a lot of the bad in the world, and I had to get out of that. And I griped and complained a lot. But I encourage, I'm going to tell you how I overcome that is every time that I would get into that situation where I'm going to gripe about this or gripe about that, and we all have stuff that we can gripe and complain about, you know, as I really want to call this construction company out here and tell them what I think about how long this is so overdue and we're supposed to have our driveway back and all that, right? But listen, every time, whenever you feel tempted to do that, to gripe and complain, be intentional. Here we go again about making yourself do something because if you just let yourself go, you're going to chase after the things of the flesh which take you all over the place into, into some dark places. But be intentional about pushing yourself to stop and get in God's presence. Just sit still. Sit still. Stop somewhere. Sit somewhere. Pull your car to the shoulder and just close your eyes and talk to Him and just start thanking Him for His goodness. I'm telling you, if you'll do that, you'll change your attitude toward griping and complaining. Now, the third thing that you need to do is learn to use your imagination. But use it correctly, all right? Use your imagination. When, 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 you, when, when God's given you all of this inspiration and all of this on the inside, use your imagination to make His Word come alive so you can see it, right? That's there. God put it there for use the tools He's given you. So use your imagination. Now, the fourth thing that you should do, and this is very simple, and, and all of these are, but I think we overlook them sometimes. But you should live every day with a good heart. It's like, well, Pastor, wow, that's some theological super saying right there, you know. But it's very true. The attitude of the heart is everything. Matthew 23, 25 is very clear that the attitude of your heart is more important than your actions. So how's your attitude? How's your heart? Learn to live with a good heart. I think most of us do, right? But listen, if you'll learn to do those four things, those four things will help you stay close to your source, right? And the closer you stay to that power source, come on, the the more your charge is going to stay up. And the more your charge is going to stay up, the more excited you're going to be about the things of God, the more you're going to have, have your eyes open to what God's trying to tell you. Come on, there's so many people that, that God's given dreams, I won't say dreams, but given ideas about uh, business plans. And, and, and you understand when God does that, is so that you can, God's calling you to be a business person. And why is he calling you to be a business person? To, of course, to make money. But why is he calling you to make money? Because he wants you to be a blessing to, to he's blessing you to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. He's not, he's not dropping those ideas so that you can become a multimillionaire and you can just hoard all that money up. And there are people that do do that. But the, the point is, is that God's dropping ideas for successes. For, for people to be successes. But people aren't listening. People don't understand how those ideas come. And people, most, most, most importantly, people are not acting on those ideas when he gives them to them. And there's a lot of people, you know, working just everyday jobs. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of us are called to, to do that. You know, the, the simple truth is we're called to work, right? 
And, but there's a lot of people working ordinary careers and ordinary jobs when God's called them actually to be business people. Because one of the number one ways that churches are successful is through the, the businesses that God puts in each church.